Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. In a world that's perfect lies a perfect little town where one team stands alone. But now, something's stirring that will change this place forever. Perfect. Welcome to Perfectville, your first place podcast for your Miami Dolphins, now part of the Believe Podcast Network. That's right, breaking news right off the bat. I am Sam Marcoux, and he, well, he's the two-time, yes, two-time, original two-time Hall of Famer. Of course, we're not talking about Marv Levy, but the good doctor himself, Dr. Christopher Cullen. Doctor, how in the hell are you, my friend? Sam, we're almost a week to the NFL draft. Like I said last episode, that's Christmas. So I'm fantastic. How about you? How about you, bud? I am doing just as fantastic as you are. Like you talked about the NFL draft coming up in about a week from now, an actual week from now this time, not a fake week from now, like I said last week. Um, Thursday, April 29th. Of course, you and I will be live streaming the entire first round of the NFL draft on YouTube, on Twitter, on Facebook Live. Uh, I'm looking forward to it, Chris, not only because are you going to be there, not only because I'm going to be there, but because Believe, the Believe Podcast Network, our new home for our show, is also going to be there. And they're not alone, Chris. We've got so many guests, so many things lined up for this live stream. If you're listening to this or you're watching this right now and you have other plans, cancel them because we have some big names from the nfl from the sports media as well as just the world of entertainment chris it's going to be hey, fantastic. yeah you kept hitting me with like uh i got this guy i got this person i got this person i'm like dude this is going to be like a live stream block party this is incredible i'm really looking forward to this i can't wait this is essentially if all the cool kids from school got together and had a party and we somehow snuck in that's what this is going to be because uh let's just face it here chris we have former two-time all pro all pro yes right two-time all pro and pro bowler linebacker levon kirkland ring of honor for university of clemson he's going to join us right at the top of the live stream chris he's going to be there talking about trevor lawrence going to the jacksonville jaguars talking about everything that he's doing post nfl career levon kirkland joining us right away uh we also have simon clancy the very first guest in the history of welcome to perfect bill uh formerly with the bbc sports he was with uh, he was a contributor for the new york times he knows his miami dolphins even though he's from across the pond mate uh, he knows everything about the Miami Dolphins and then some. He's going to be joining us talking about all things Miami Dolphins, or as he said, let's just hope they don't fuck it up. He, he's forgotten more than I know. So having Simon on is is definitely a big deal. I've always liked him all the way back to our forum days on the fins.com and fin heaven. Um, never understood who his profile picture was uh, as Boomer. but and, and it's funny, too, that that wasn't a joke then. Uh, so now I wish you would just like log back in and everybody's just like, okay, boomer. Like every time you just said exactly what I was going to say is like, the good thing is, is he's a little bit older than us. If he says something we don't like, we could just say, okay, boomer. And he can't even get mad at us for it because that was his old name back on the old message boards days of the Miami dolphins internet. Uh, but yeah, you can check out Simon Clancy and everything he's got going on. He actually has a new guide to the NFL draft that dropped. Um, and you guys can go out and purchase that. I linked to it on the welcome to perfect bill. Twitter feed. If you uh, haven't seen it yet, go check that out prior to the draft. And it's not done there, right? We have LeVon Kirkland. We have Simon Clancy. We have family guy, writer and actor Kabir Singh. He's going to be joining us from a casino, Chris, this, this maniac, he, he gambles on everything, including the NFL draft. So he's got a parlay going with all these different picks going for the NFL draft. He's going to join us towards the end of the first round. We're going to recap everything. He's going to have the tickets. He's going to have the receipts to prove that he bet his hard-earned money telling dick jokes on who picked who for the New York Giants. But, uh, yeah, he's going to be joining us as well. And it's not done there, Chris. We have Seriously Savak uh, from the F Fanatics Network. Um, he's going to be joining us, our old friend, good voice actor, comedian, just fantastic guy all the way around. And it's not done there. We have prizes and giveaways from Patch Vibes. If you haven't seen the new Patch Vibe patch Great. of Laramie Tunzel that dropped on 420, Go check it out. Check out patchvibes.com or check them out on Twitter. They sold out in like a matter of minutes, Chris. I couldn't even get mine ordered yet before they sold out of that one. And again, we're not done there. We're checking in on official Miami Dolphins draft parties the night of the draft, April 29th. And then, of course, I just got confirmation, Chris, a little bit of breaking news right here on Welcome to Perfectville. Uh, not only do we have all the guests that I already talked about confirmed, but I just got confirmation that comedian, 
good friend of the show and huge Miami Dolphins fan, Jim Florentine, will be joining both you and I in the town of Perfectville on the live stream. He's going to come on after the Miami Dolphins make their first pick and tell us how good it is, how bad it is, and what they should be doing next. So uh, it just keeps getting better, Chris. Like I said, block party. Are you kidding me? Jim Florentine coming back uh, off the air, guys. A uh, little uh, peek behind the curtain of Perfect Bill uh, here. Our curtains are satin. It's real easy. They're see-through. Uh, Sam and I were discussing. He, he just like threw this lasso out, expecting to pull it back and nothing to be attached. And Jim just said, sure. So this is going to be really cool to have him on. He, he was a blast the first time he came on our show, um, learning the tidbits that he schedules his cities where he does his shows so he can literally get paid to travel to Dolphins games. This guy is literally a Dolphins fan legend. Uh, he, he's, he, he might be the smartest Dolphin fan that we have out there. I mean, you can say what you want about Travis Wingfield's analytics, analytics or Kyle Krabs' understanding of the game inside and out from college and how it re- relates to the pros and all the other analysis that we have on TV. But nobody, but nobody is doing what Jim Florentine is doing from a fan level, which is booking his comedy gigs around the country. Dream. So he can get, get to go to Miami Dolphins games on Sundays. That, that is the most brilliant thing I've ever heard of. This is a dream, Sam. Like, obviously you do comedy. So like, that's something you would absolutely do. Oh, they're in Washington. I'm going to Maryland for Wednesday, Thursday, Friday night shows and going to the game Sunday and literally getting paid to be there hotel and everything it's it's genius it's absolute genius I, I did it once and i thought that was brilliant this guy's doing it for his entire life i did it for the seattle seahawks miami dolphins i booked a weekend in seattle doing uh doing common hall downtown and then ended up going to the seahawks dolphins game where we lost but where kenny stills it. dropped the deep ball sam I, was there i was there and i was also at the super bowl uh when the steelers played the Dallas Cowboys where LeVon Kirkland, who will be joining us on the live stream next week on April 29th, sacked Troy Aikman and held Emmett Smith to, I think about 45 yards in that Super Bowl. I was there. Of course they also lost. So maybe we won't bring. Well, and and you really sell, and I'm going to, I'm going to talk to Mr. Kirkland about this next Thursday, but um, if Neil O'Donnell doesn't throw an interception that next drive and the Steelers win that Super Bowl, that sack you just mentioned is not just he ran and like got his bear claws on him and threw him to the ground. It's one of the most incredible sacks. Now, obviously Troy Aikman is not a very athletic human being at this point in time. So that helped. But if you go back and look at that highlight before the Steelers get the ball back, he literally the running back kind of takes out or the lineman take out, takes out his legs. He sacks Troy Aikman via front flip. He looks like a, like, ninja movie as he like bruce lee is coming in and front flipping to tackle troy aikman whom meanwhile in backpedal and maybe the just the wind of his gigantic legs front flipping over like a wheelbarrow falls to the ground and gets credited for the sack if neil o'donnell does not throw an interception to steelers win we might be sitting here right now talking to the gentleman who was uh known for the greatest sack in nfl history like it was that huge and that crazy and man i wish it would have went different ways but you live live and it happens yeah we'll talk about Levon, talk about that with levon kirkland as well as so many other things i mean we're talking about a guy who was 300 pounds playing middle <laughs> linebacker running all over the place getting interceptions forced fumbles and sacks i mean the guy that's was not just- a mike linebacker that's a michael linebacker yeah. you get the full michael when you're 300 pounds my friend <laughs> yeah it, it was just it was insane to watch that man play i mean i'm a little bit older than you so i can remember levon kirkland uh, playing and the guy was just uh, he was like a like like a heavyweight ballet dancer out there but uh, we're going to talk all about that and everything else coming up i'm excited about it chris so speaking of the nfl draft i'm going to put 15 minutes on the board we're talking all things nfl draft because the draft is just about one week away the miami dolphins at this point have two picks in that first round on thursday april 29th the number six overall pick as we documented over and over again as well as the number 18 overall pick here chris and the reason why we're talking about this once again is that miami dolphins like we always talk about always have news every single day they figure out how to have more news about them and a couple of things have come out here over the last few days uh, that i think are worth mentioning uh, number one chris uh, dj fluker um, signed by the miami dolphins dj fluker if you don't remember is an offensive guard out of alabama if i'm not mistaken miami dolphins now have more people on uh, their roster from the university of alabama than all the other teams out there I don't know if that means anything coming up with the draft with Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddell, uh, as well as Alex Leatherwood and all these other people that might be going later in the draft. Najee Harris. uh, Najee Harris. There's another one, one that just fell right off my head there. You're absolutely right. Uh, Of course, 
there's a little bit of smoke there if you want to think about it that way. But uh, DJ Fluker, 30 years old, just turned 30. So oh, I'm really, yeah, we must have offered him the contract before his birthday in March. That's the only thing I can think of because it doesn't make any sense. But we now have two, yes, two gentlemen on the Miami Dolphins roster that are 30 and older, Chris. I don't know what to think of it. Yeah, they're uh, putting in tennis courts next to the stadium. Might as well install some shuffleboard courts as well while you're at it because all of a sudden we went from the young man's club going down to the uh, the strip clubs in South Beach to the retirement home in Miami. What the hell, Chris Greer? What the hell? Well, hold that thought about strip clubs. That's going to come up later in this episode. Of Did we resign Club. Isaiah Wilson? But, but DJ Fluker, 30 years old, just turned. He's a young 30, as they like to say, Chris. I never understood like in boxing or the UFC. Or the guy's like, well, he's 217 pounds, but it's a heavy 217 pounds. I'm like, it's the same whether it's anyway. Uh, but DJ Fluker, uh, 31 years old, maybe a little bit past his prime, can be a tackle, can be a guard. Played pretty darn well as a run blocker last year. Uh, does this preclude the Miami Dolphins from going with maybe Rashawn Slater or Panay Sewell, which I don't think we're going there anyways, but does this take offensive line off the board early for the Miami Dolphins in this draft because of this signing of DJ Fluker? My dad and I are having this conversation earlier today, actually, and he mentioned Penny Sewell and how you, you know, Patrick Mahomes wishes he had, you know, him as a backup in depth and Burrow and this and that. Um, we, we went line heavy, you know, when you're talking about heavy and weight and, and make some jokes and irony about that, but we went heavy line last year. We signed Eric Flowers and now we signed DJ Fluker. Uh, no, you don't take Penny Sewell there. I, I like I told my dad, Chris Greer and Brian Flores are about value and smart draft picks and and taking advantage of positions and things that make sense. Why would you trade back up to six to take a left tackle for a left-handed quarterback? It just doesn't make sense value-wise, especially if you want depth, get them in the third, fourth round, trade back up in the third, something like that, whatever. But no, you, you signed DJ Fluker. Penny Sewell is not the pick there, and um, I'm, I'm putting that in permanent marker. If it is, man, the live reaction is going to be interesting next week. Mark the tape. He's putting it in pen, ladies and gentlemen. If permanent marker. Home, the citizens of Perfectville. It is in pen. It is done. It is in ink. We all know Chris Greer listens to the show. We all know Brian Flores listens to the show. Tom Garfinkel and... Stephen Ross. I forgot his name for half a second. They all listen to this show. Not anymore. They understand. <laughs> Not anymore. Stephen Ross is like, cut him off. Turn it off. Uh, turn it off. Get out. Uh, anyway, besides that, besides that little nugget of information about the upper brass of the Miami Dolphins fully endorsing, welcome to Perfectville. Um, I don't know that this takes offensive line off the board. This move alone doesn't do that. In my opinion, I, if it was off the board, it was off the board before DJ Fluker. I don't think we signed DJ Fluker and say, well, that solves all of our problems. Uh, very much how like Will Fuller signing and being a starting caliber and starting wide receiver for the Miami Dolphins in 2021 and hopefully beyond. I don't think that takes taking a pass catcher off the board in the first round either. Uh, if anything, I think that it actually almost adds to that uh, flames. It's weird though, Chris, because we add you know, Jacoby Brissett, and with that and the fact that Tua Tungabailoa, who got praised again by Chris Greer today heavily, it does take quarterback off, though, right? I mean, if Trevor Lawrence, for some reason, were to fall to the Miami Dolphins at six, <laughs> would you take Trevor Lawrence? Oh, man, you're going to put me in a bad spot here. I watched a lot of his football games, and I'm a big Tua Tungabailoa stan, but... If I mean hypothetically, let's just say in the crazy fucking world of the NFL draft, Trevor Lawrence, everybody's just freaking out because his name hasn't been called yet, and the Dolphins are on the clock. He's there. I'm I'm calling 31 other teams and asking, uh, how is their Hawaiian? Because we would like to trade to a tongue of Iloa to you, and because we're <laughs> drafting Trevor Lawrence, this guy is going to be really fucking good. You want to talk about uh, a guy that has no learning curve? Um, there's no question if he's going to start or not. Alex Smith literally was offered the opportunity to come to Jacksonville with his old college coach and urban Meyer and said, no, because it's writing. If you want to talk about in ink is on the wall that Trevor Lawrence is day one starting and there's no competition. There's no competition. He hasn't even had the card turned in yet to pick him. Trevor Lawrence is in just like Kyle Pitts, a once in a generational quarterback. In my opinion, he's Peyton Manning that can run. That's ridiculous. So uh, I would take Trevor Lawrence out of Clemson. And I love to attack Viloa a lot, but this is Kyler Murray, Josh Rosen's but not even that much, but you just took a guy the first round, next round. If Trevor Lawrence falls to six, somehow you pull that trigger within three nanoseconds. 
if Trevor Lawrence falls to six, it's because Trevor Lawrence's head fell off his shoulders. So that's about the only way Trevor Lawrence gets to six, uh, considering all those 31 teams that you were just talking about would be clamoring to try out trade up or at least 30 because the Jacksonville Jaguars would have traded on that. But, uh, Besides that, I, I, my point is the Miami Dolphins are not going quarterback early in this draft. I'd be surprised even if they went late in this draft, considering the developmental quarterbacks that they have after Jacoby Brissett in their system already. Um, but that being said, DJ Fluker doesn't change us from going offensive line if we want offensive line. Will Fuller doesn't take wide receiver or tight ends off the board just because Will Fuller is going to be a starting wide receiver for the Miami Dolphins in 2021. Um, but speaking of which, speaking of these pass catchers, speaking of uh, the number six pick overall, Chris, something else that came out here over the last couple of days is that Chris Greer and the Miami Dolphins brass mentioned that, you know what, they're open to trading back again or trading up again. It doesn't really matter to them. They don't, they are not locked in at six, which you and I, we actually hypothesized a couple of episodes ago here on WTP that they were probably locked in at number six. Now, we are fully, fully in the belly of the beast of the smokescreen season. So I understand that. Everyone else understands that. But what are your thoughts of Chris Greer coming out and saying, hey, uh, we have no regrets going from number three to number six because this isn't a one-player draft for us, and we could trade out again. It just depends on the package that's out there. Chris Greer and Brian Flores and Stephen Ross and Tom Garfinkel, ever since Houston had the bad season they did, you mentioned gambling earlier with Kabir Singh, so let's just keep it on topic. We are playing with the house's money. Like, clearly. Like, our pick's 18. That's our pick. We earned the 18th overall pick winning 10 games. Having the third overall pick, Chris Greer, literally, that's play money. He can do whatever he wants with it. And all he did was turning it turn it into another first-round pick and move down three picks to, uh, to six. So now we're sitting there. And again, talking to my dad about this with pretty much a guarantee of three quarterbacks going the first three picks, you're sitting there. And if you like or love three guys, if you let's just say for the sake of our argument, you love Pitts, you love Chase and you love Devonta Smith based on math alone, you're guaranteed at least one of those guys to be there at six period. Now, Atlanta might trade down to a QB needy team where Miami and this, where this all comes into play might be scaring teams that we are vulnerable for a trade-up. So if Carolina, Sam Darnold, but you know, we have the opportunity to go up to get Trey Lance and we really like Trey Lance and we hope he falls to us. They're going to go, wait, shit, Miami might trade back with Denver. We're going to have to jump up to Atlanta to get this quarterback. Therefore now two out of those three guys we love, are guaranteed to us at six if it goes quarterback four times in a row. And now we're sitting there, we're just laughing and rubbing our hands as Cincinnati's sitting there posting team photos of their uniforms. And Joe Burrow has a scar this long, the size of a gigantic trout going across his knee. And they're going to sit there and say, eh, we don't need Ben A. Sewell. Let's go get Jamar Chase because they were teammates for a year. I don't know about that. Then all of a sudden, all three of the guys we love are right there, prime for the picking at number six. Do we trade out after that? I would blow my brains out. So no, <laughs> but that leak of us being a possibility and then Chris Greer in his press conference, Sam, you mentioned smoke season. That is just gameplay and strategy by Chris Greer. I truly feel we're staying at six, uh, but we definitely want to make it seem like we will move to scare someone to go to four. Uh, it's very possible that somebody that, that that's what we're doing, but I'm looking at the Denver Broncos and I'm looking at these quarterbacks and I'm knowing that they say that they're okay with who they have on the roster right now, but I'm pretty sure they've got the Miami Dolphins with one digit left to end to, to hit. Uh, should one of these quarterbacks not go in the top four, uh, I think the Miami Dolphins could trade a little bit. Um, but the, the the problem with that theory is that if one of those four quarterbacks are not there by the time the Miami Dolphins are on the clock, that means most likely one of the people that we talked about in your scenario, Jamar Chase, Kyle Pitts, Benoit Sewell, any of those guys are not going to be there. So how far back are you willing to trade? Are you willing to trade back to number nine? And again, this is just assuming that the Miami Dolphins are getting a pass catcher at number six. They could surprise all of us and go, God, we've been in on Micah Parsons from the beginning, and we know we can get him at number nine. I love what the Miami Dolphins are doing here. Something came out recently, Chris, that the Miami Dolphins are now considered one of the most well-run organizations in all of <laughs> football. I mean, the reason, I, and I, I'm happy for that, but Sam, when's the last fucking time that we've been? I, I don't. I, I in my lifetime, when Joe Robbie had the team, Wayne Hazenga had the team, 
I never have heard that ever in my life. The jokes of Jeff Ireland and Spielman and, and, and Parcells and Tannenbaum, like never. It's, it's never happened. And my jaw hit the ground when I read that too. And I'm like thinking about it, I go, God, well, since Chris Greer has taken the reins as the general manager and Brian Flores has taken the reins as the head coach and Tom Garfinkel came from the Padres and Steven Ross has figured out that he should maybe take two steps back and let those three gentlemen do their thing. I have a hard time disagreeing with that statement. And that's crazy to think about as we are just one week away from a very, very important draft for not only the Miami Dolphins, but Tua Tungavailoa in general. Speaking of Tua Tungavailoa, something else we have to talk about before the 15 minutes is up about the NFL draft here, Chris. Devonta Smith, one of the one of the drawbacks of the whole draft process this season is that we didn't have the NFL combine. I know that's a big deal for you. I don't watch it, but I do look at the metrics that come out of the combine because that is important to me. And looking at Devonta Smith, he's known as the Slim Reaper. You can see it on tape, how, how thin the man is. And I guess the theory of you can't, hit what you can't catch kind of applies here because he's very talented and he's going to be a first round draft pick but it came out today chris that Devontae smith weighed in at a whopping staggering 166 pounds now chris that sounds very light but as i mentioned earlier this is a heavy 166 is it not <laughs> um they're blowing this way out of proportion if a lineman was 225 yeah i'd be worried because you're in the trenches against these hog mollies uh, all the time. Uh, to put it in perspective, it's pretty funny. I was 195 as a freshman in high school. <laughs> Six foot, 195, played uh, outside linebacker and, and each back. So um, that was at 14. <laughs> he's, he's going to the NFL. Um, a lot of people make jokes about Pat White and all that. <clears throat> guys, anybody could take a shot that Pat White did and get knocked out of the game. You know, there, there's been big guys that take shots. Shots happen in the NFL. Here's my thing. He's not playing anybody bigger than in the SEC. They don't keep growing after college. Like there's not, a, you know, a 6'3", 240 line, middle linebacker at LSU that gets the NFL and now he's 6'5", 270. That, that doesn't happen unless you're Barry Bonds. You don't keep growing after 20-plus years old. Um, Devontae Smith had three touchdowns and like 200-something yards in the first half of the national championship game at 100 and whatever pounds. It doesn't matter. He can run routes. He can set up defenses. He can read defenses, and he can catch. And his speed is sneaky speed. Um, because you can't see him from the side. So <laughs> he's very much in play for me in six. I, and, and I would not be mad if you get the Heisman Trophy winner, the first receiving Heisman Trophy winner since the early 90s, Devontae Smith, just because he weighed 15, 20 pounds less than um, the next receiver or the, the, the prototypical receiver. It, way blown out of proportion. And if that means he falls down closer to 18, fine. Trade up and get him and get uh, Jamar Chase as well. Fuck it. Wow, you're saying Jamar Chase and send it Devontae in. Smith. Send, send it in. in. Well, I uh, I will say this: you mentioned that Devontae Smith is a Heisman Trophy winner, and he is. But somebody sent me that picture today of him <laughs> holding the Heisman Trophy, and all I could think of what a great picture of Devontae Smith holding his future teammate Jakeem Grant in his arms, <laughs> just right there for everyone to see. And if he picked it up and started leaning, like he started leaning, he's like, uh... it just starts falling over. <laughs> <laughs> I love the bump that just happened at the end of that whole thing that you just did. Everyone heard, picked that up audibly there. But, uh, well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. The Miami Dolphins may or may not be trading out of six. They may or may not be drafting Devontae Smith. They may or may not be drafting an offensive lineman based on the fact that they signed DJ Fluker. Point is, we don't know. You don't know. The only way you're going to know is to tune in to the live stream next Thursday, April 29th, with Christopher Cullen, with Sam Marcu, with LeVon Kirkland, with... <laughs> Jim Blorantin, Beer Singh, The Timer, and everybody else. So uh, that is 15 minutes on the dot right there, Chris, talking about the NFL draft and everything that goes with the Miami Dolphins. I'm looking forward to it. You're looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to taking a break so we can pay these bills and play some commercials. And when we come back, we're going to bring back a newer segment, but one of our classic segments, because the internet has been a buzz. Twitter in particular. There's a little bit of a tease. We'll be back right after these words. This episode of Welcome to Perfectville is brought to you in part by Patch Vibes. Go to patchvibes.com today and upon checkout, type in the promo code PERFECT and get 20% off of your purchase. That's right. Anything and everything in the Patch Vibes store is now 20% off when you type in the promo code PERFECT 
at checkout. That's right. Go to patchvibes.com and type in the promo code PERFECT upon checkout and get 20% off of all of your purchases today. And we're back. Segment number two coming on up. And as I said right before the break there, Chris, right before the jump, as the kids like to say, uh, we're bringing back really probably one of my favorite segments that we've ever created on this show. And that is, of course, Elite Tweet or Delete Tweet. Uh, Get your popcorn ready because it is that time, Chris. Uh, These are a lot of fun to do on game day. And it's a lot of fun to do right around draft day because there's just so much heat on Twitter for the Miami Dolphins right now that, uh, quite frankly, we got to talk about it. And we have to see if these are good takes, bad takes. Are they an elite tweet that should be highlighted or a delete tweet that should be eliminated? Are you ready, Chris? Oh, I'm so ready. One of my favorite things on Twitter is to get added and uh, hashtag elite tweet, delete tweet, because immediately you know it's either controversial or horseshit. And it's just... Every time you guys bring it to our attention, it's great. Keep it up. It's 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 magical. Oh, it absolutely is. And this one actually comes from Chad Johnson. Yes, that Chad Johnson at Ocho Cinco. And he says, speaking of Devontae Smith there, Chris, and everything we just talked about in the last segment. So scouting isn't about a player's performance via film against top competition and how he can help a specific team when drafted. But it's being done, but it's been dumbed down to a dick measuring contest that has nothing to do with whether he can play football or not. Elite tweet or delete tweet from Chad Ochocinco? Two reasons. That's an elite tweet for me. One, I literally just went to bat and said, let's draft Devontae Smith and it doesn't matter. And two, did he just passively aggressively say Devontae Smith as a small dick? <laughs> I think he was saying that Devontae Smith is a small dick. I think, you know, not that he has a small dick, but that he is an actual small dick. Um, but uh, I'm going to go with elite tweet as well, mainly because he said the word dick. And for me, that makes it elite. One of my favorite things are, are shitty sayings that are from like just years and years ago. And you're like, where did they stem from? And one is dick measuring contest. Like, did those ever exist? And why is it like, I have another one, Sam, and you can use this for your comedy if you like. Oh, thank you. When some, yeah, yeah. When someone says, um, don't blow smoke up my ass. So my thing with that is, and I've, I've mentioned this with Fred when I was in high school, like when has that ever meant like lie to me? Like, could you imagine if it's like, don't spread my cheeks and go and blow smoke into my ass. And why would that mean lying? And then my friend, Mike Riccardi, I'll shout him out. Big Dolphins fan. Hope he listens to this episode. My bash brother from high school, another linebacker. We joked that you put, uh, is it like, you know, the Capri sun straw? Like when you blow into the. The bag, does it come back out? Like, how's that work with blowing smoke up someone's ass? Doesn't ever make sense to me. It doesn't make sense, but um, this is smokescreen season. So apparently there's a lot of smoke being blown up a lot of people's asses come draft time. So uh, And dick measuring contest. They should add that to the combine. I actually, I was going to say, I think the original Olympic games, not the modern games, but the original games, it was, uh, it was the, it was the hundred yard dash. It was the shot put and uh, dick measuring contests. Can you imagine like a, a dead serious press conference? It's like, uh, Brian Flores, why did you draft Najee Harris at 18? He's like, well, look, we put on the tape, uh, you know, jumping over guys. Um, you can run fast. He's strong. Great pre- pedigree. Um, big dick, as you guys saw in the measurements there at the combine. Uh, so we just knew he's a right fit for the Miami Dolphins. I can't even do it with a straight face. Could you imagine if that was added? We need that to happen. A ridiculous prediction right now. Dick measuring added to the hand measuring, the hip speed, the the, the broad jump. Uh, just the line over there is is for the dick measuring. Go on over. Well, let's just say, members of the media, he can go north to south in a, in a hurry, if you know what I'm talking about. All right. We <laughs> I just went three. six to 12 talking about that. <laughs> Call All right, me, let's Brian move Flores. on to the next elite tweet or delete tweet, because we only have 15 minutes to get as many of these in as we can. But uh, this comes from JT Evans at JT underscore Evans 97. And he says, a running back, a lineman, and a pass rusher. That's all I need, the Miami Dolphins. Anything else is up to y'all. Now, is that an elite tweet or delete tweet? One more time, a running back, a lineman, and a pass rusher. That's all I need, Miami Dolphins. Anything else up to y'all? Um, it just seems like a, a lame tweet. Like it just, it, it's not elite. Don't delete it. I mean, running back and pass rush are needed for sure, but, um, definitely doesn't, this is a bad choice by our producers. I don't like this one. It's, it's, it's just a lame tweet. 
It's a delete tweet, Chris. We need fucking pass catchers. We need a tight end or a wide receiver or somebody who can actually catch the damn ball. I mean, did you see what we put out there week 17 against the Buffalo Bills last season? No, we need pass catchers. And he didn't have that on the list. He's like, yeah, no, get me a running back and a lineman and a pass rusher. We have 75 draft picks in the first three rounds, JT Evans. You're telling me that you don't need a wide receiver. You're good with busted ass, whatever his name is. Matt Collins, Jakeem Grant, and Malcolm Perry is is our guys we want to roll out there. I mean, Will Fuller is suspended for the first game of the season. And then, of course, you've got Devontae Parker, which he's been good, so I'm going to leave him alone. And then you've got, you know, that other guy who can't even get halfway through a season to the point where I can't even remember his name right now. But Preston Williams. There you go. Preston Williams, who had surgery because, like, I don't know, he got jumped on by his teammate. Uh, You're telling me that you don't need a pass-catching person? Uh, It's up to the Miami Dolphins whether they need to add that or not. That's a delete tweet, Chris. I have very strong feelings about this it might be a lame tweet but that's why it should be a delete tweet well, not only that the name jt questionable delete tweet for sure all right well we're gonna move on to the next one uh this is apparently the Devonte smith show chris and this comes from sorty at fins or die he is a fantastic follow on twitter if you're not already following him he's the one that's got the skull with the dan marino um uh, jersey on uh, <laughs> he says speaking of Devonte smith the strippers at 11 are going to mistake Devonte Smith for the poll. Elite tweet or delete tweet? That's an elite tweet. <laughs> I hadn't seen that yet. It's already fantastic. Um, <laughs> it's a win-win for Devonte Smith, right? He doesn't, uh, he gets like actual, like they, they touch him. So, uh, but he just has to work. He's a poll. <laughs> it's so fucked up. Well, to add to that, Eldon Johnson at EJ Football replied with, I somehow can't see a downside to this for Devontae. So to your exactly. point. At first, I, I thought you said a Lennon Roberts. I thought he was commenting on it, but <laughs> you're right. No downside. You're the stripper pole. Oh, darn. I can think of worse inanimate objects to be uh, mistaken as very many. Yeah, very much so. Well, you know, like let's the tape just... measure for the dick measuring contest. <laughs> Oh, Lord. All right. Well, uh, we're going to move on to the next one here because, again, uh, I need to give Devontae Smith a break. I have so many delete tweets and elite tweets about Devontae Smith. I've just been I've been blowing smoke up his ass all day here, Chris. <laughs> uh, but this one comes from Running CM. And I don't know if Running CM has been on elite tweet or delete tweet before, but I will say this. He's one of our, you know, citizens of Perfect Bill. He listens to us. He he interacts with us on Twitter quite a bit. He is not a Tua fan whatsoever. Um, and if he hasn't been on elite tweet or delete tweet yet, he has just been cut every single time by like this much because of some other tweets that came at the, at the end of it. But this one's relevant, Chris. We're talking a lot about the draft and uh, running CM says, quite frankly, I don't care for the NFL draft. Elite tweet, elite tweet, delete, delete tweet. that. Are you kidding me? Running CM, we've talked a lot, buddy. I think I've even like probably messaged this guy like good dude, uh, controversial takes that I don't agree with a lot. But he's also not, you know, a troll or annoying by any means. But I don't care about the NFL draft. I think actually, Sam, if you have it, I think I commented on it with a GIF. Um, like I remember seeing this and just was so mad. There is no football. We are in a great. Have you seen the movie The Road, where it's just like Vigo Mortensen and a kid, and it's all like black and white, and they're just walking through. That's right now the off season from now till the start of the season. The draft. I can see you being like, oh, fuck the schedule release. That is stupid. I, 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 I'm not going to sit down at 8 o'clock, crack a beer, and like put my feet up and get excited for that. Just tell me what the damn schedule is so I know. But the NFL draft, are you kidding me? You find out new players are going to be here for five to ten years on the Miami Dolphins? Delete tweet with a capital D running CM. Yeah, this is one of those things where I think you're out of bounds running CM. I'm going to agree with Chris again. Look. The NFL draft, is it overblown? Yes, it is. Is it overhyped? Yes, it is. Is it amazing? Absolutely it is. Are you kidding me? Chris takes the day off of work on Friday so that he can have as much fun as he can possibly fit into a three-hour window of grown men calling other grown men's names and then holding a jersey up. That's what the NFL draft is, and I'm here for it. Run and CM, you're out of bounds on this one. You're two it takes. I don't necessarily agree with them, but they're your takes to have. Um, I'm not going to take those away from you, but this one, you got to delete tweet, my friend. This is not a good look. Not for the yeah. run and CM. Yeah, and I was close. I didn't comment, but I did like the comment of the guy just posting the gif of the old guy just putting the thumbs down and just with a stoic face. And then he responded, a lot of people do. Um, 
I just don't care for it. Kind of like horse racing. I love to gamble, but don't care for horse racing. What? <laughs> that has nothing to do with the NFL draft. You like gambling, but you don't like oh. horse racing. There, there's a million things you can gamble on. There's one NFL draft. That's go fucking gamble on if I want to beat your ass or not. I'll give you hundred to one odds. Look, I do. They, if they start introducing the dick measuring contest, then the horse racing and the NFL draft will actually be one and the same. So, you know, it might not make sense now. Horses always win. <laughs> All right. Well, we got a couple more here. And this one actually comes from a member of the media that everybody with the Miami Dolphins knows and loves. This comes from Barry Jackson at Flaw Sports Buzz. Good old Barry. Uh, and he's actually doing reporting on another reporter here when he says, asked NFL Network draft analyst Daniel Jeremiah what his dream scenario would be for the Dolphins at 6 and 18. Said University of Florida tight end Kyle Pitts at 6 and Michigan edge player Quiddy Pay at 18. Now, is that an elite tweet or delete tweet there, Chris? Now, don't don't worry about the fact that Barry's just reporting what Daniel said, but the contents of the tweet with Kyle Pitts going at six and Quiddy Pay going edge rusher for the Miami Dolphins at 18. Is that elite or, de- or delete? Uh, sorry, I'm blinking on a response because all the blood just rushed to my penis. That is an elite tweet. Kyle Pitts is an elite player, generational. Quiddy Pay is a great pass rusher. Love to have him. Great story. Look up his story. This guy is going to play hard and knows where what it's like to come from a tough, tough upbringing from another country. Uh, and he is going to play his ass off in Miami. Pass rush, Kyle Pitts. We have two second-round picks to get a running back where it's very deep with either Sermon, Javante Williams, or Carter. So elite tweet. Mm. This is not part of elite tweet or delete tweet, but did you see that tweet that somebody put on Facebook or I'm sorry, on Twitter uh, about how the ESPN, it was like a, a gif of people partying in the Jeep and said ESPN, get ready to tell everybody who's watching the NFL draft about every single Their player's dead family died. member. Yeah. I died at that. That was an elite tweet. I don't know who put that on there originally, but if you do know, let me know so I can give them proper props because that was an elite tweet right there. Oh, fantastic. But what about you? Lead or delete on that one? Um, I'm going to go with elite. Yeah, I think I'd be okay with it. I think I'd be more than okay with that. I mean, I, I'm, I'm You'd be hard. okay with it. I don't care if they pick my grandmother who's dead at 18. If you got Kyle Pitts <laughs> at six. Yeah, you're, you're, you're more than okay with it. Okay, but if, if Quiddy Pay is there and Najee Harris is there and they take Quiddy Pay, you know at least 50% of the Miami Dolphins out there are going to just be up in arms that they passed on the generational Najee Harris talent. So and I think I might be one of them. I, I want us to get a running back that we can rely on. And if that means getting one at 18, then I want one at 18. If Najee Harris isn't there and we don't like the other address and we can go get one like Javante Williams or somebody else in the second round, then so be it. And maybe that is the right play to go. But I don't know. I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't like I don't like people from Michigan there. I said it. <laughs> that's that's rude. Wow. Other, other than uh, Magic Johnson. <laughs> is he from michigan um he went to yes. michigan state he's from lansing michigan are you kidding me oh, i went to wingate doesn't mean i'm from north carolina yeah but you are from north carolina dirty whore mouth <laughs> all right well speaking of dirty whore mouths we have one more here on elite tweet or delete tweet and this one comes from our old friend our former colleague our former co-worker mr travis wingfield at wingfield nfl and he says, looking at wide receiver uh, cornerback matchups for the draft's top prospects, you don't find guys who had good numbers against Devontae Smith. J.C. Horn held him to two catches on five targets in 2019, but 60 yards and a TD. There's one exception, Noah Igbenogany, who held him to one catch on four targets, obviously two years ago. Elite tweet or delete tweet with that one and our friend Travis Wingfield. God, for some reason, I wanted this to be a delete tweet just because it'd be controversial and fun. He's going to call him out for like a corporate, you know, win bag with his tweets, but that's right on the money. <laughs> that's pretty sweet. And if you have, have actually watched Noah in the off season, uh, he has been killing it. Like he's working out with, with Parker, with, or I'm sorry, with Xavier and Howard with, with all these guys, he looks fit. He looks insane. He looks fast and he's young as shit. We got to remember that. So um, yeah, th- that's just, promising for our uh, first round pick he has a lot to live up to um hopefully he gets the opportunity and he, and he runs with it because it's a passing league man we're going to need a nickel and dime formations quite a lot more than we than we don't 
Uh, I'm going to agree with you too, just because Noah's off season has been awesome. But since we want to downvote Travis here, I'll put another one up there just real quick. This one actually comes from Travis Wingfield saying last one, they sure know how to make a guy feel at home. Thank you, Jason Jenkins. And Travis got to his office at the Miami Dolphins headquarters. And there was a, there's a picture here of Wazooopoly. So Monopoly for Washington state. And for that one, it is a delete, delete. tweet and delete too, because it's been, uh, you know, all these pictures he's posting and how rough it is in Miami and he's on the beach. Suck it, Travis. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Another episode of Elite Tweet or Delete Tweet. We are now at 15 minutes of segment number two. Keep coming with those Elite Tweets and Delete Tweets. We have plenty. I have like an entire phone of just screenshots of the best and worst tweets of the internet for Dolphins Twitter. Uh, we'll do that again here soon, probably right after the draft, because I have a feeling these tweets are going to get even better. Oh, yeah. You know who's not going to be mad that we pass on Najee Harris? for uh overtime by the way uh, pass on Najee harris for um quitty pay you know who's not gonna be mad who running cm because he's a communist and doesn't watch the fucking draft wow holy shit yeah uh, i'm staring right at you well mm. there you have it we now have twitter beef with running cm so running cm the floor is yours on twitter <laughs> come with the elite tweet otherwise we shall delete and we're going to go delete some urine out of my bladder and we're going to pay some bills and we'll be back with segment number three, all the new fun NFL rules that are going to affect the Miami Dolphins in 2021 and beyond. We'll be back right after these words. Citizens of Perfectville, it is Sam Marcoux. It is the two-time, yes, two-time Hall of Famer, Chris Colon, here to talk about Amazon.com. And I know you're rolling your eyes right now because you heard this commercial before, but you know what? It bears repeating. Amazon.com is a trillion-dollar business. Why? Because they have everything you could possibly want there. You need a new Miami Dolphins jersey? They got it. You need a new Miami Dolphins hat? They got it. You need a New England Patriots toilet bowl to crap in? They got it. They have everything. And you can get everything at Amazon.com by clicking on the link on WelcomeToPerfectBill.com. Yeah, it's true. Just go to our site, WelcomeToPerfectBill.com, and when you're done listening to this podcast, go ahead and click the link on the right-hand side that says Amazon. Why? Because it'll take you to Amazon.com where you can shop for all those items I was just talking about. And you can do it with no hidden charges or any extra fees at all. That's right. Just your normal Amazon.com shopping experience. But by doing it, by clicking on the link on our website, welcome to perfectville.com, you throw a couple of extra dollars to the town of Perfectville. Keeps the lights on. You understand. Anyway, Amazon.com by way of welcome to perfectville.com. Do it and do it now. Fins up, citizens of Perfectville. Welcome back, empty bladder, full brain. Here we are, Chris Cullen, Sam Marcoux. Welcome to Perfectville, part of the Believe Podcast Network. And Chris, we're into segment three, and you know what that means? Uh, hopefully, no more Devonte Smith talk. It means we've already had two segments. That's what it means. Uh, and of course, you better get used to the Devonte Smith talk here, Chris, because if he gets drafted by the Miami Dolphins, be it at six or anywhere else, he's going to be the target of a lot of discussion on a lot of podcasts and a lot of blogs and a lot of everything for a very long time. But uh, I have a feeling he'll be one of those guys that's controversial if the Miami Dolphins draft him. But we'll talk about that at a later date. Uh, for now, let's talk about the NFL draft. And, or I'm sorry, the NFL rules that came out today. Just another thing. It's just a chock full of good news here today here for the uh, Miami Dolphins and the NFL in general. Uh, the NFL came out, as they always do, with the competition committee and let us know that there are going to be some new rules for the Miami Dolphins and the other 31 teams in the NFL. Uh, are you ready to go over these different rules and how they affect the Miami Dolphins, both negatively and positively? Absolutely, sir. All right. These are the approved 2021 playing rules. Now, this is just a summary. If you wanted to go read the long form, feel free to do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to read the summary here. Please, no. Number one, by the competition committee to amend rule number 16, which will to eliminate overtime in preseason. <laughs> Why was there ever overtime in preseason? Like we need to see our fifth string quarterback under pressure and how he handles it. Get the fuck off the field. No one's watching after the third quarter. Anyway, are you kidding me? 
this to me seems like one of those rules that like in society, they're like, we're eliminating the rule where you can no longer tie your giraffe to a light pole. And you're like, that was still a rule. Why is that still a rule? Why <laughs> exactly. is overtime in your, <laughs> you're right. Why is overtime still a thing with preseason football? The rule shouldn't be to eliminate overtime in preseason games. The rule should be to eliminate preseason games altogether. I mean, it's, it's a horrible, horrible brand of football. I would rather them practice and do mini camp and go right into week one, as opposed to watch the garbage that we all have to watch you know, for game one, game two, game three, game four, my God, overtime in preseason. I could only be so mad, Chris, if I were at a preseason game or watching a preseason game and it went into overtime, my God, even worse. A lot of the stadium stopped selling booze after like the third quarter. So it's like, <laughs> you're going to sit there and sober up and watch, you know, like Jake Rudock play against fucking like the third McCown brother. Like, no, no one wants to watch that. No one wants to see that. Go get your Uber and head home. Uh, or go to the bar because they're still serving. No way. Yeah, well, let's move on to the next one. This is rule number two by the competition committee to amend rule six, section one, article three, for one year only to establish a maximum number of players in the setup zone. And what that means, Chris, is for onside kicks. So last year, the way the rules were set up, it was, quite frankly, the worst year for onside kick recovery. Um in basically forever. I think there was three onside kicks that recovered out of like 67 attempts. It was awful. It actually slowed down the game quite a bit. So what this is saying is you can only have a certain amount of players when you're on the receiving team, getting that onside kick in that little box, in that zone to give the kicking team a fighting chance to recover that onside kick. What do you think of this rule? It's only for one year. It's a trial balloon, but what do you think of this rule? Good. Like it. Yeah. Make it more uh, possible for the onside kick to work. I mean, there's too many times where like perfect onside kicks bounce straight up in the air and there's an entire army of defenders to catch it. Uh, give, it's more entertaining and more exciting for the fans. Do it. I agree with you 100%. I think that's a, it's a fantastic rule change and one that'll be here long-term. I mean, if you can make the game more exciting and onside kicks are exciting, you do it quite frankly, until it backfires on us until like the Buffalo right. Bills somehow get an onside kick and throw a game winning touchdown or something. Then I'll be up in arms about this whole thing. But until then, I and of course, that. Matt hack kicks it. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Now uh, the next rule by competition committee coaches, subcommittee and the Baltimore Ravens to amend rule 15, section three, article nine and rule 19, section two. Good Lord to permit the replay official and designated members of the officiating department to provide certain objective objective information to the on-field officials. So essentially what they're talking about here, Chris, is giving the replay official more oversight over bad calls that the officials are making on the field. Is this a good thing or a bad thing? Um, I'm, I'm on both. So here's, here's where I'm going to make it quick. I got into rugby recently and I watched the Rugby Six Nations tournament uh, a few, about a month ago back. And how they do it is it's the, literally the live feed of the referee talking to the uh, replay official is over air. So the actual fans hear it. XFL did something like that too. So you can't say something stupid. You can't be like Gene Steratore and be like, well, I'm going to stiff the Dolphins here because I'm a Steelers fan because we'll know. Uh, it keeps them, keeps them pure, keeps them uh, doing their job. Um, I like it. So what I heard on the NFL network today from Tom Pelissero is it, like you said, it's objective calls. So it's something like, Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. That was not a catch. Uh, buzz, buzz, buzz. They could stop the game. If it's something like a bad penalty, blah, blah, blah. They can't make them pick up the, the flag. But if it's something egregious where you see it and you're like, what the fuck we're watching at home. And we know that was bullshit. And like the guy didn't push off or something, they can buzz down and be a objective third party. The reason I don't like it, Sam, or I won't if this is the case, if it's another one of the brotherhood referees, because just like baseball, where you're seeing a lot of controversy on, on calls and non-calls, my Marlins in particular with the Met leaning into a fucking pitch uh, to win the game. If there's another brotherhood referee as that third party, he's going to try to keep them clean because they don't want to look bad. So I, in my opinion, it needs to be a college referee or something, a retired college referee that has just no ties at all to current pro referees. And if so, uh, this is a great move. I like it. Yeah, I think the only drawback could be that, you know, it extends the actual NFL game, which are quite frankly too long as it is. But, but it gets the rather... calls right. I would get rather the get the right. calls right than and have the game go a little bit longer than, you know, get out of town a little bit earlier, pissed off that my team uh, recovered the fumble. But Big Ben said that he'd recovered it, uh, even though the video evidence says that uh, he didn't recover it because the Miami Dolphins players that had was it. Philip Merling, wasn't it? 
I don't know who it was. It wasn't Obscurely. Big Ben Roethlisberger. No. That's what I. Um, so no, I like its rule. And it's always interesting, Chris, when you see that a team has sponsored a rule change, like what happened to the Baltimore Ravens last year that said, we need this rule change. I need to go back and take a look and see how the Baltimore Ravens got screwed by an objective call that wasn't overturned. Uh, I'll do that another time because I am too busy. John Harbaugh bitches about every fucking thing. Of course it's him. All right. Well, speaking of Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh played for the next team that actually sponsored this rule. This is by the Chicago Bears. This is a weird one to me, but to amend rule 11, section three, article three, to ensure the enforcement of all accepted penalties committed by either team during successive try attempts. So what we're talking about are field goals and point after attempts. Uh, At some point, somebody had multiple penalties on one of those plays and only one of them was enforced, even though both were accepted or something along those lines. What a weird, I mean, I guess I'm for this one, Chris, because you should enforce all penalties that were accepted, but at the same time, what referee was out there not enforcing accepted penalties? Did they just like, ah, we already did one. We're not going to give them two. I mean, what the hell kind of rule is this? Yeah, it's weird. And the fact that they even uh, necessitated an entire rule change means it might have happened more than once to kind of branch off of this one, in my opinion, as a longtime football player and now coach and fan that watches it. um, I truly and fully believe that if there's three flags thrown or two flags thrown two entirely separate penalties, they should both be enforced. I can't stand when we'll be playing the team and it's holding and pass interference, and it's just a 15-yard penalty. That shit should be 25 yards. You you got two fouls. You, they, those need to be called and, and accepted, but that's just a branch off. This, this is a very weird rule. Uh, these rules and these amendments are crazy. Well, to further that point home, I would also like to see them enforce any and all penalties instead of them being offset. Like if you get a 15-yard personal foul and a 10-yard, you know, uh, holding penalty against each other, there should be a net gain of five yards yes. uh, for that defense. Or like a five yard offsides and it's a freaking push off uh, 15 yard penalty or, or like a, a yardage penalty. Um, you know, they, they offset. That's ridiculous. Like you said, the more egregious penalty should be just, you know, net, whatever the, the minus. And I also think too, offense of pass interference should take those yards away and push them that back that far spot if foul the, in the opposite direction. Yep, I like that. Absolutely. Like that. Yeah. And here's the other thing. If they're both 10 yard penalties, I still want them to walk it off. I want them to walk back and then walk back. That's what I want. <laughs> you just talked about slowing down the game. <laughs> I don't care. I'm not talking about my personal enjoyment of watching them go back 10 yards and then back front 10 yards. Maybe the refs will keep the flags in their pockets a little bit longer. <laughs> hey, listen, you hit a home run. They still make you run around the bases, right? Even though you could probably just walk back to the dugout. I want to see them do do 10 yards back and 10 yards up. That's what I want to see. That's the rule change for 2022 that I want to see most likely. Um, speaking of weird rules, this one comes from the Los Angeles Rams, and this one should be easy to find because this is so specific that this had to have happened in a game last season. And this is to amend Rule 8, Section 1, Article 2, like it's the fucking Congress, to add a loss of down for a second forward pass from behind the line and for a pass thrown after the ball returns behind the line. So at some Holy point, shit, somebody that's oddly specific. <laughs> yeah, like, look, one pass behind the line, okay. But a second pass, a forward pass from behind the line, absolutely not. That needs to be a loss of down penalty. I, I mean, it's such a bizarre specific occurrence that uh, it, 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 I want to talk to the Rams on the couch and see how did this affect your life personally? Because it's so like, are we running out of ideas for rules for the NFL yeah. that this is the one that we have to get past? This is what happens when you bring analytics in the game. Just go fucking play football, Sean McVay. Stop worrying about that shit. Yeah, yeah. You, you know what the Los Angeles Rams should do? They should amend the rule of having uh, you know Jared Goff traded for Matt Stafford because you're not going to be any better or any worse. But you know, maybe just be a better evaluation of talent uh scout maybe that's what they should amend it's okay they have first round picks the next four years to take care of it oh wait they don't they do not yeah imagine being a los angeles rams fan for the last seven years of your life and just like i'm just gonna work (laughs) maybe running cm is a rams fan turned dolphins fan he just like never watches the first round because they never had first round picks yeah you talk to a rams fan on a friday morning after the draft like did you see what happened last night like no i didn't what happened i watched seinfeld reruns what happened i was watching 60 minutes uh all right this one this rule actually this is going to be a fun one this is the types of rules that i like to see the nfl go after so i'm already a fan this comes from the kansas city chiefs which doesn't surprise me because i think the kansas city chiefs are actually one of those well-run organizations that we talked about for the miami dolphins earlier i think the chiefs are right there and this is to amend rule five section one article two 
which would expand jersey number options for certain positions. Now, those positions are running back, wide receiver, linebacker, as well as a couple of others. With the expansion of practice squads, uh, we're running out of numbers, Chris. So they've, they're now allowing single-digit numbers for running backs, for wide receivers, for linebackers, and I believe maybe even DBs. cornerbacks. Yeah, defensive backs. So what do you think of this rule where the numbers are now going to change potentially um, to where it's going to look more and more like college? Uh, comedy, Sam, just bringing it back to has, has a thing called a callback where you call back. I'm going to do that for earlier in this episode. That was such a boomer ass rule. Like, oh, no, you're a receiver. You have to be in the 80s. Shut the fuck up and have fun. Why can't Odell Beckham be number three? Like, I never understood that. One of my favorite things to do, Sam, I'm bringing you into my world before we met when I was in high school and I played NCAA football on PlayStation was create myself at linebacker. I actually liked the Texas colors and I would do the sleeves and the gloves and everything and the, the neck brace. One of my favorite players uh, on that team was Derek Johnson. Uh, who was number 11 on Texas as a middle linebacker or outside linebacker. And I thought that was the coolest fucking thing. And I thought it looked cool as shit. So I always created my player to be number 10. So it was a linebacker, number 10. And to me, it was the cleanest looking thing. It was so cool. Derrick Henry in college at number two looked so cool. I don't think there should be any limitations or cap on it. Jamar chase. Number one in the, uh, in college looks very cool. There's, there should be no, um, hold back on what, what you can be or whatnot. I would play linebackers number 33. I think it looks awesome. Like this, why is that even a rule? Who's worried about that? Who's it affecting? There's no game, you know, change or anything like that. This is great for the sport. I love it. Yeah. And there's also a caveat to this rule that if any player wants to change their number this year in 2021, in order to do so, to go to one of those single digit numbers, they'll actually have to buy out all the merchandise that has their previous number from all the licensed NFL merchants. So it'll be an expensive price tag for somebody to switch from, let's say, 22 down to two uh, or, or whatever the case may be. So I don't know if a lot of people are actually going to do that or not. That doesn't apply after Holy this year. Shit. I yeah, didn't know that was the case. Oh, now, yeah. College players are like, hell yeah, because they don't have any yet. So yeah. that's good for the rookies. But man, he's uh, you imagine being like, you know, Russell Wilson, you want to change your number. <laughs> that's a lot of shit. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing, too. So, you know, it, it would have to be like a very, very elite defensive player that says, I want to have my number from college or something like that. But, uh, you know, the other part of this, too, is that and that's only for the first year after next year, it's game on. You can change your number. Nobody cares. They're going to hopefully sell out of all that inventory. Uh, a couple of things that you said, Chris, that I think should be pointed out. Jamar Chase will not be wearing number one in Miami because that's already taken by Tua Tungavailoa. So. There you go. Uh, also, I guess I just hedged my bet as to where we should go with that number six pick if he is available. Uh, also, this should somebody pointed this out on Twitter. This should really be called the Reggie Bush rule because Reggie Bush tried really, really hard coming out of USC to have number five, you know, number five. And he was rejected and told he couldn't have it. And uh, he had to go with different numbers throughout his NFL playing career. Uh, but really, you know he was right. He was ahead of the curve on this. I mean, he was, he was the first to date Kim Kardashian. He was the first to say, I, I want my number from college uh, to be the same. Uh, the guy was a trendsetter. So uh, hats off to Reggie Bush, former Miami dolphin player, number five forever and a day as well as number 25. But um, that's it, man. That, that is the big rule change. I think the, the biggest one so far this year is going to be that one as well as the onside kicks. I think the onside kicks is going to be interesting. I think that's going to make the, the game a little more competitive again, but uh, what number would you want to see changed uh, for the Miami dolphins? What guy on the Miami dolphins do you say you should change your number and go to a single, a single digit number? Ooh, good question. So I guess for that, I think it'd be cool. Um, Wow, put me on the spot there. Let's see. Let, let's call it Xavier Howard number number two. Or you know that'd be great if he can do the longest yard and go with X. Uh, but yeah, number two was that Goldberg that had X as his number. Uh, that'd be pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, get a single digit corner. That'd, that'd be pretty awesome to me. Um, or Najee Harris come in and he can be like you know number two or something and two a number one. That'd be awesome. I like the idea of having uh, letters as well as numbers. We're going to get to that point with the NFL at some point. We're just going to run out of numbers after, you know, people being retired that, you know, X can just can you imagine if X. it's like, what a tackle by P there you go. There you go. Well, uh, 15 minutes on the rule changes for the NFL in 2021. We did 15 minutes on elite tweet or delete tweet. And as well as 15 minutes on the NFL draft for the Miami dolphins. When you add it all up, Chris, that means that this episode of welcome to perfect bill is now done. Uh, anything else you want to say before we get out of here? One last thing and his uh, great career to this guy. I just so happen to be sitting by his card. It's a little blurry. And when he's on the chief 
Uh, Chiefs, Alex Smith calling it a career. What a comeback. I agree with one of the guys on the NFL Network. They should rename the Comeback Player of the Year Award to the Alex Smith Smith Comeback Player of the Year Award. What an amazing comeback after that gruesome injury. Uh, absolutely agree. And I'm actually okay with naming it after a modern player like Alex Smith, who I think won the award four times, if I'm not mistaken, something along those lines. Uh, but um, we'll say to him, as we say to everybody at the end of every episode of Perfect Build, there is nothing else left to say other than goodbye from Perfect Bill. Later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.